These promises are fair, the party's sure, and our induction full of prosperous hope. Lord Mortimer and cousin Glendower, will you sit down? And Uncle Wooster, a plague upon, I have forgot the map. No, no, here it is. Sit, cousin Percy, sit, good cousin Hotspur. For by thy name, as oft as Lancaster doth speak of you, his cheek looks pale and with a rising sigh, he wisheth you in heaven. And you in hell, as oft he hears Owen Glendower spoke of. I cannot blame him. At my nativity, the front of heaven was full of fiery shapes, of burning cressets, and at my birth, the frame and huge foundation of the earth shaked like a coward. <laughs> Why? So it would have done at the same season if your mother's cat had but kittened, though yourself had never been born. I say, the earth did shake when I was born. And I say... The earth was not of my mind, <laughs> if you suppose as fearing you it shook. The heavens were all on fire. The earth did tremble. Oh, then the earth shook to see the heavens on fire and not in fear of your nativity. Disease in nature oftentimes breaks forth in strange eruptions. Oft the teeming earth is with a kind of colic pinched and vexed by the imprisoning of unruly wind within her womb, for which enlargement striving shakes the old beldam earth and topples down steeples and moss-grown towers. At your birth, our grandam earth, having this distemperature in passion shook. Cousin, of many men, I do not bear these crossings. Give me leave to tell you once again that at my birth, the front of heaven was full of fiery shapes. The goats ran from the mountains and the herds were strangely clamorous to the frighted fields. These signs have marked me extraordinary and all the courses of my life do show I am not in the role of common men. Where is he living, clipped in with the sea that chides the banks of England, Scotland, Wales, which calls me pupil or, or hath read to me? And bring him out that is but woman's son can trace me in the tedious ways of art and hold me pace in deep experiments. I think there's no man speaks better Welsh. All to dinner. Cousin Percy, you will make him mad. I can call spirits from the vasty deep. Why, so can I, or so can any man. But will they come when you do call for them? Why, I can teach you, cousin, to command the devil. And I can teach thee, cuz, to shame the devil by telling truth. Tell truth and shame the devil. If thou has have power to raise him, Bring him hither, and I'll be sworn I have power to shame him hence. Who, while you live, tell truth and shame the devil. Come, come, no more of this unprofitable chat. Three times hath Henry Bolingbroke made head against my power. Thrice from the banks of Wye and Sandy Bottom Severn have I sent him bootless home and weather-beaten back. Home without boots, and in foul weather, too? How scapes ye agues in the devil's name? Come, here's the map. Shall we divide our right? 
according to our threefold ortain. The archdeacon hath divided it into three limits very equally. England, from Trent and Severn hitherto, by south and east is to my part assigned. All westward, Wales beyond the Severn shore and all the fertile land within that bound, to Owen Glendower. And, dear cuz, to you, the remnant northward lying off from Trent. And our indentures, tripartite, are drawn, which, being sealed interchangeably, a business that this knight may execute, Tomorrow, Cousin Percy, you and I and my good Lord of Worcester will set forth to meet your father and the Scottish power, as is appointed us at Shrewsbury. My father Glendower is not ready yet, nor shall we need his help these 14 days. Within that space, you may have drawn together your tenants, friends, and neighboring gentlemen. A shorter time shall send me to you, lords, and in my conduct shall your ladies come, from whom you now must steal and take no leave. For there will be a world of water shed upon the parting of your wives and you. Methinks my moiety north from Burton here in quantity equals not one of yours. See how this river comes me cranking in and cuts me from the best of all my land? A huge half moon, a monstrous candle out. I'll have the current in this place dammed up, and here the smug and silver trench shall run in a new channel, fair and evenly. It shall not wind with such a deep indent to rob me of so rich a bottom here. Not wind. <laughs> it shall. It must. You see, it doth. Uh, yea, but mark me how he bears his course, and runs me up with like advantage on the other side gelding the opposed continent as much as on the other side it takes from you. Yea, but a little charge will trench him here, and on this north side win this cape of land, and then he runs straight and even. I'll have it so. A little charge will do it. I'll not have it altered. Will not you. Nor, nor you shall not. Who shall say me nay? By that will I. Let me understand you then. Speak it in Welsh. I can speak English, Lord, as well as you, for I was trained up in the English court, where being but young, I framed to the harp many an English ditty lovely well, and gave the tongue a helpful ornament, a virtue that was never seen in you. Mary, and I am glad of it with all my heart. I had rather be a kitten and cry, mew, than one of those same meter ballad mongers. I had rather hear a brazen can stick turned or a dry wheel grate on the axle tree. And that would set my teeth nothing on edge, nothing so much as mincing poetry, just like the forced gait of a shuffling nag. Um, you shall have Trent turned. I do not care. I'll give thrice so much land to any well-deserving friend, but in the way of bargain, mark ye me. I'll cavil on the ninth part of a hair. Are the intenders drawn? Shall we be gone? The moon shines fair. You may away by night. I'll haste the writer and withal break with your wives of your departure hence. I am afraid my daughter will run mad. So much she doteth on her Mortimer. Fie, cousin Percy, how you cross my father. I cannot 
choose. Sometimes he angers me with telling me of the mold warp and the ant, uh, of the dreamer Merlin and his prophecies, and of a dragon and a finless fish, a clipped wing griffin and a molten raven, a crouching lion and a ramping cat and such a deal of skimble scamble stuff I guess puts me from my faith. I tell you what, he held me last night at the least nine hours in reckoning up the several devil's names that were his lackeys. I cried, hmm, and well, go to, but marked him not a word. Oh, he is as tedious as a tired horse, a railing wife, worse than a smoky house. I I'd rather live with cheese and garlic in a windmill far then feed on Kate's and have him talk to me in any summer home in Christendom. In faith, he is a worthy gentleman, exceedingly well-read and profited in strange concealments, valiant as a lion and wondrous affable and as bountiful as mines of India. Shall I tell you, cousin, he holds your temper in a high respect and curbs himself even of his natural scope when you come across his humor. Faith, he does. I warrant you. That man is not alive, might so have tempted him as you have done without the taste of danger and reproof. But do not use it oft, let me entreat you. In faith, my lord, you are too willful blame. And since your coming hither have done enough to put him quite besides his patience, you must needs learn, lord, to amend this fault. Though sometimes it shows greatness, courage, blood, and that's the dearest grace it renders you, yet oftentimes it doth present harsh rage, defects of manners, want of government, pride, haughtiness, opinion, and disdain, the least of which, haunting a nobleman, loseth men's hearts and leaves behind a stain upon the beauty of all parts besides, beguiling men of commendation. Well, I am schooled. Good manners be your speed. Here come our wives. Let us take our leave. This is the deadly spite that angers me. My wife can speak no English. I know Welsh. My daughter weeps. She'll not part with you. She'll be a soldier too. She'll to the wars. Good father, tell her that she and my aunt Percy shall follow in your conduct speedily. She is desperate here. A peevish self-willed harlotry. One that no persuasion can do good upon. I understand thy looks. That pretty Welsh which thou pourest down from these swelling heavens, I am too perfect in. And but for shame, in such a parley should I answer thee. I understand thy kisses, and thou mine. And that's a feeling disputation. But I will never be a truant love till I have learnt thy language. For thy tongue makes Welsh as sweet as ditties highly penned, sung by a fair queen in a summer's bower, with ravishing division to her lute. Nay, if you melt, then she will run mad. Gorweth, louder, ma? Oh, I am ignorance itself in this. She bids you on the wanton rushes lay you down, and rest your gentle head upon her lap. And she will sing the song that pleaseth you, and on your eyelids crown the god of sleep, charming your blood with pleasing heaviness, making such difference twixt wake and sleep, 
as is the difference betwixt day and night, the hour before the heavenly harnessed team begins his golden progress in the east. With all my heart, I'll sit and hear her sing. By that time will our book, I think, be drawn. Do so. And those musicians that shall play to you hang in the air a thousand leagues from hence, and straight they shall be here. Sit and attend. Come, Kate, thou art perfect in lying down. Come, quick, quick, that I may lay my head in thy lap. Oh, ye giddy goose. perceive the devil understands Welsh, and tis no marvel he is so humorous. Our lady, he's a good musician. Then should you be nothing but musical, for you are altogether governed by humors. Lie still, you thief, and hear the lady singing Welsh. Oh, I had rather hear Lady my brack howl in Irish. Wouldst thou have thy head broken? No. Then be still. Neither. Is a woman's fault. Now, God help thee. To the Welsh lady's bed. What's that? Oh, peace. She sings. Kate, I'll have your song, too. Not mine in good sooth. Not yours in good sooth. Heart, you swear like a comfort maker's wife. Not you in good sooth. As true as I live, and as God shall mend me in a surest day. <laughs> and give such scarce and surety for thy oaths as if thou never walks further than Finsbury. Swear me, Kate, like a lady as thou art. A good mouth-filling oath. And leave in sooth and such protest of pepper gingerbread to velvet guards and Sunday citizens. Come, sing. I will not sing. Tis the next way to turn tailor or be red-breast teacher. And the indentures be drawn all away within these two hours. And so, come in when you will. Come, come, Lord Mortimer. You are as slow as hot Lord Percy is on fire to go. By this, our book is drawn. We'll but seal and then to horse immediately. With all my heart. <laughs> 